Henry Box Brown, when I learned that he had this performance career, you know, and having this fantastic tale of putting his, himself in a box in order to become free, uh, and uh, and employing uh, uh, the 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 tropes of theater and mesmerism in order to make a living, uh, his, his story was too good to pass up. Welcome to Make No Bones. I'm Emily Barton Altman. And I'm Toby Altman. Make No Bones is a podcast about poets and poetry. Each episode, we ask a poet to read a poem and talk about it. They tell us how they wrote it and explain how it reflects the broader priorities of their work. This week's episode features Taim Bajess. Hello, my name is Taim Bajess, and I'm a poet. Detroit native Taim Bajess's first book of poetry, Lead Belly, was a winner of the 2004 National Poetry Series. The Library Journal and Black Issues Book Review both named it one of the best poetry books of 2005. Jess, a Kavik Hanum and NYU alumnus, received a 2004 Literature Fellowship from the National Endowment for the Arts and was a 2004-2005 Winter Fellow at the Provincetown Fine Arts Work Center. He exhibited his poetry at the 2011 TEDx Nashville Conference. Olio, his second collection, was published by Wave Books in April 2016. Jess is an associate professor of English at the College of Staten Island. We talked to Taimba about his poem, Freed Song, Dream Gone, from Olio. The poem is part of a longer sequence from the book, which tells the life story of Henry Box Brown by revising and rewriting John Berryman's dream songs. Henry Box Brown was a uh, slave in Virginia who uh, had a family, and uh, he, uh, his experience was that uh, his, f- his family was sold out from underneath him. And he, at a certain point, decided that in order to escape slavery, he was going to put, his, put himself into a crate and have himself mailed to Philadelphia. And that's what he did. So that happened around, around 1850 or so. Uh, in 1851, the Fugitive Slave Act was passed, and uh, some folks attempted to drag Henry back into slavery. Um, and what he did was he got on a boat, and he went to England, where slavery had been abolished. And he uh, spent uh, quite a bit of time there, roughly 25 years. And while he was there, he would reenact his escape from slavery, and would also reenact something called a panorama. Uh, He would reenact the history of the uh, African-American slave trade. After the Civil War, he became a mesmerist, and he made his living through these reenactments and through mesmerism, etc. And then he uh, finally came back to the United States in the uh, mid-1870s. And uh, actually, to this day, we do not know uh, where, where he ended up towards the end of his life. Oleo means a mix, a melange of ingredients uh, that uh, combine to form a kind of stew of different ingredients. And in the context of American minstrelsy, it is the middle part of the minstrel show. So in the minstrel show, you see a, you can see a juggler, a dancer, a singer, a comedian, etc. Now, Later on, the uh, oleo became the basis for vaudeville, and you can see the progression from there. So, 
in 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 the book, I wanted to examine the lives of these uh, 19th century uh, artists, so uh, such as Henry Box Brown, uh, Blind Boone, Blind Tom, Sissy Retta Jones, Scott Joplin, the Fish Jubilee Singers, Edmonia Lewis, uh, the McCoy Twins. Um, I may be leaving one or two out, but I wanted to look at what was one of there were a few questions I had one was what was the history of of black uh, artists uh, black music in particular before the recording industry before these the recordings of uh, of black musicians was were readily were readily available that led me to the question of other art forms sculpture um and the McCoy twins and piano, etc. So it, it, it I, I became just kind of immersed in this world of 19th century uh, African American performers, and um, they seem to not, they seem, they, they're working in the context of, of the, the strongest uh, era of the minstrel show in the United States, but they're also working outside for the most part, outside of. Uh, the Mr. Show, except for uh, uh, Burt Williams and George Walker, who are also in the book. They were to, they came directly through the Mr. Show, but they also moved beyond it as well, and were responsible for some of the first black uh, theater productions, black-owned theater productions in the co- country. So each one has their own story, and uh, they just have fascinating stories that take different forms that are delivered by. It's in some cases through form, and other th- other cases through manipulation of form. Berryman won the Pulitzer Prize for the Dream Songs in 1965, uh, roughly 50 years ago, a little over 50 years. And um, I encountered his poems mostly uh, through my MFA experience and uh, through my digging through the history of American poetry and upon encountering his poems uh, years and years ago I realized that he was in he was employing this uh, minstrel trope uh, throughout his uh, his execution of the poems um, and I found myself wanting to interrogate his uh, his appropriation of this minstrel trope this which is a kind of a a kind of construction of of an idea of black dialect, um, and you know he he plays he, he says in his in his introduction to his book that he is phasing in and out of this minstrel mask, so to speak, and I think that that in in wanting to interrogate that in wanting to um, investigate this Pulitzer Prize winning book that. Um, that was so lauded uh, for its uh, for its kind of like controlled recklessness and its and its kind of uh, uh, viva- vivacity, etc. I was uh, interested in in the relative, I would say, lack of critique or lack of examination of his employment of this minstrel mask. Um, so. At the same time, parallel to my 
my wondering about this over the years, uh, I came across the, uh, the story of Henry Box Brown. I'd known it since I was a kid, um, but I did not know about his performance past. I had, I was trying to think as I tried to think out for every one of the people in the, uh, the book Olio. I was trying to think, how am I going to fit him into this book, etc., etc. Now, in Berryman's, in Berryman's uh, poems, he uses this, uh, this persona, Henry, to act out his, uh, his character, so to speak. And I guess uh, through a combination of thinking about one and thinking about the other, um, I came upon the idea of employing the words of Berryman uh, in a kind of uh, play off of the way that he used the minstrel uh, accent, so to speak, in his in his work, in order to house the story of uh, Henry Box Brown. So I sought in every poem to follow the uh, the 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 sound of each line in order to recreate in stages uh, Henry Box Brown's life. So in that kind of way, reclaiming the voice of an African-American that actually had to, uh, had to labor with the, with the backdrop of minstrelsy, in the milieu of minstrelsy when it was, was alive and fervent in the United States and in, uh, and in the in England. Uh, and trying to find another vehicle to tell the story of his escape and uh, of his uh, of his of his quest for expression. Uh, one ended up enveloping the other, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it becomes there's a lot of trope about mask, as you know uh, in 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 minstrelsy. There's the idea of blackface and and mask, etc. Uh, and we have a mask upon a mask within a mask, etc. In the in the in the uh, Berryman poem. So I take I took I took I think it was about thirteen or so of uh, of Berryman's poems and transformed them into the voice of Henry Box Brown. So it's like going into a box of Berryman's voice once again in order to gain a different kind of liberation. We forget that the very first talkie, talking movie in this country, featured a minstrel performance by Al Jolson in The Jazz Singer. So really the very first talking movie character in American cinema was in blackface, was a black, white image, so to speak. Um, and, we, and, and I think that it's also, it's not just talking about that blackface, which, you know, like we could think I could bring up various uh, iterations of, that we've seen on the internet you know a college student here a college student there or uh, even a movie you know where someone takes on blackface for presumably or assumedly good intentions but that intentions gone awry it's uh, still relevant today because um, there's still the choice being made on on a daily basis by black folks 
around uh, in every walk of life as to what to what degree they are going to negotiate the minstrel the, the minstrelsy that they are asked to perform and to what degree are they going to don the mask you know uh, rid themselves of the mask to what the, you know it, it's in, in in one of the one of the one of the kind of offset off stage characters in the book is WB Du Bois and he uh, he had the theory of double consciousness that uh, about going uh, having to switch consciousness and, and switch switch uh, uh, kind of uh, representations of oneself in various depending on what area of life you're you're dealing with so that that in itself is still relevant today you know to what degree are we going to you know uh, 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 placate those who uh, wish to see us perform a role so you know we talk about minstrelsy as if it's in the past it's still in the present and the past is the present so this is freed song dream gone and the epigraph is uh, from the narrative of the life of Henry Box Brown, which goes, Oh dear, I thought, shall my wife and children no more greet my sight with their cheerful looks and happy smiles? Let's bless Henry. Treated like a rat with hand of a slaver upon his head from his beginning. Henry was not a coward much. He never deserted anything, but yes, he struck out when family went thinning. Some didn't see Henry as human being. Let's interrogate that. He slaved all day. Yet, he's a human American man. And blue. His back was breaking. His mask was aching. Stunned and diminished, he mapped escape. Their god? Henry's enemy. Fear, it's business. Wild white business caused Henry's tears at auctioning. He could feel its terror in his bones as he looked at an empty sky that stripped him of family. This episode of Make No Bones was produced and edited by Toby and Emily Altman in Chicago, Illinois. The music for this episode is by Toby Altman. If you like what we do, check out our website, makenobonespodcast.org, for all our old episodes. Or you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And please consider rating us on iTunes. It really helps. We recorded a second version of Freed Song Dream Gone with Taimba, in which Toby and Taimba alternate reading lines from the Behrman poem and Taimba's poem. Stick around after the credits to hear it or listen to it as an extra on our SoundCloud page. Join us next time for an interview with Martin Espada. What we're going to do is we're going to hear first from the original dream song by John Berryman, and then we will hear from Freed Song, colon, Dream Gone, in the voice of Henry Box Brown. John Berryman, Dream Song 13, God Bless Henry. 
God bless Henry. He lived like a rat. Let's bless Henry, treated like a rat. With a thatch of hair on his head. With hand of a slaver upon his head. In the beginning. From his beginning. Henry was not a coward, much. Henry was not a coward, much. He never deserted anything, instead. He never deserted anything, but yes. He stuck when things like pity were thinning. He struck out when family went thinning. So maybe Henry was a human being. Some didn't see Henry as human being. Let's investigate that. Let's interrogate that. We did. Okay. He slaved all day. He is a human American man. Yet, he's a human American man. That's true. My lass is breaking. And blue, his back was breaking. My brass is aching. Come and diminish me and map my way. His mask was aching. Stunned and diminished, he mapped escape. God's Henry's enemy. We're in business. Why? Their God? Henry's enemy. Fear its business. Wild. What business must be clear? White business caused Henry's tears. A cornering. At auctioning. I couldn't feel more like it. Mr. Bones? He could feel its terror in his bones. As I look on the saffron sky. As he looked at an empty sky. You strikes me as ornery. That stripped him of family.